0: Welcome back to another edition of our Diocesan Podcast, Big City Catholics, with Bishop Robert Brennan, the Diocesan Bishop of Brooklyn, and myself, Father Christopher Hennu, the Rector of the Co-Cathedral of St. Joseph. Today we're joined with Father Joseph Tribino, the Vicar for Evangelization and Catechesis of the Diocese of Brooklyn, who will join us in our discussion of the upcoming Corpus Christi events and processions. And the day which we celebrate on sunday june 11th the feast of corpus christi the body and blood soul and divinity of our lord jesus christ for the beginning of this podcast we'll begin in prayer we'll pray the anima christi in the name of the father and of the son of the holy spirit amen soul of christ sanctify me body of christ save me blood of christ inebriate me water from the side of christ wash me passion of christ strengthen me O good jesus hear me Within your wounds, conceal me. Do not permit me to be parted from you. From the evil foe, protect me. At the hour of my death, call me and bid me come to you to praise you with all your saints forever and ever. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
1: Well, good to have Father Jabino with us. Uh, Father Jabino has been working very hard with the committee to scope out really many events for our Eucharistic revival. He's spinning a lot of plates because we're getting ready to celebrate the great feast of Corpus Christi, but at the same time, we're looking ahead to the fall where we're going to have our big gathering, big diocesan gathering over at Mimamedes Park, over where the Brooklyn Cyclones play in Coney Island. I beg all of you listening, please pray for good weather. We really need the good weather that day. And then we have the state gathering later on, also in October, and So, uh, Father Gibino, with all that you're doing, thank you for joining us right here. And then, by the way, you're keeping the regular faith formation uh, going
2: across the diocese. We're coming to the end of our catechetical year. So far, so good.
0: You are back by popular demand. This is your second time on the show. And it's still a little nerve-wracking. It's very intimidating (laughs) sitting here with you all.
1: (laughs) So this weekend, we celebrate Trinity Sunday. Last week, we closed out the Easter season on Pentecost. We celebrate Trinity Sunday, the mystery of God, three persons in one God, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we hear that great line from the Gospel of John, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, so that all those who believe in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. And now we're getting ready next week to celebrate that love of God that we experience in a tangible way every time we approach the Lord in the Eucharist. And so we wanna talk a little bit about our Corpus Christi celebrations for this year during the year of
2: parish celebrations of the Eucharistic Revival. And throughout the diocese, between the dates of June 8th, the traditional date of Corpus Christi, and June 11th, every deanery will be hosting an event. So depending on which deanery in which you live, there are plenty of opportunities for Eucharistic adoration, Eucharistic study days, and personal devotions. The idea of a procession for Corpus Christi really goes back about 700 years to a little town in Italy called Orvieto between Florence and Rome, and the miracles around the Eucharist that took place. So we have been processing in the streets to proclaim our love of the Eucharist for about 700 years, which is extraordinary for us to consider. Whether we are in 13th century Italy Or 21st century Brooklyn, we're still on the streets proclaiming the Eucharist.
1: One of the things I love, I often say this, I love about processions, is that we're doing in a literal way what we're called to do all the time. And that is to take what we celebrate, to take what we believe, and to bring it out into the streets, to bring it out into the neighborhood. So every time we are at Mass, we conclude the Mass is ended, go in peace. We're sent out to take what we've experienced and to bring it to the world. And so we do that um, in a very visible, very tangible, I say very literal way with the Eucharistic procession.
0: Since I've arrived here to the Co-Cathedral, you know, we love processions. And, and when we have two worship sites, the co Cathedrals of St. Joseph and St. Teresa of Avila, I try to create multiple ways which we can process from one parish to the other. So on Good Friday, we do a procession on Palm Sunday. Bishop, you've joined us for our Palm Sunday procession. This year, we're planning our own Corpus Christi procession, but I can see it already. It's a much different procession because Palm Sunday, you're walking with the palms in your hand. Good Friday, we're walking, praying the, the Stations of the Cross. But this will be my first Corpus Christi procession here at the parish since I've been here. We're truly bringing Jesus Christ through the streets, and that's much different than waving palms. It's much different than even the solemn Good Friday. This is Jesus Christ in the monstrance walking through the streets of Prospect Heights and Crown Heights. I'm really excited for it, and uh, I think it's just a a real blessing.
1: And, And many of our deaneries are joining, the parishes are joining together to celebrate the feast and to have these
2: processions. You know, procession is really a mini pilgrimage. And the Synod invited us to ask ourselves the question, how are we journeying together? So here now we are combining that collaboration from the Synod with the journey. We're literally journeying to the Kingdom of God through the streets for us of Brooklyn and Queens, which is amazing. For the National Pilgrimage, One of the routes, the Elizabeth Ann Seton route, is actually going to go through part of our diocese, and Bishop will be there to greet the Eucharistic pilgrims as they arrive in Brooklyn. So that's very exciting for us here.
1: That is. That's part of the lead-up to the national celebration next year. So this will be in 2024. Uh, We look forward to that. There were four routes from different starting points in the country where people are going to be walking, making their way to join together in Indianapolis, which is where the national event will be. I'll admit, I'm going to greet the procession, walk with them through Brooklyn, and then get on a plane and meet them in Indianapolis. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: And for those of you who are interested, we have 250 reserve seats for the Indianapolis Congress. The brochure is ready, and we'll be getting that out to you very quickly.
0: Well, 249. I'm taking one, so. two hundred, And Bishop gets one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But these kinds of events nationally coming together are good moments. The word we're using is revival, really to stir up that which is within us. One of the things, I hear some of the statistics, some of the crisis. I share the concern for the faith in the Eucharist that the numbers are appallingly low of people who believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. We'll talk more about that and what the nature of that is. But for me, my experience is that for those who do believe, there's a tremendous love. I mean, there's a great Eucharistic culture, a great love for the Eucharist. We experienced it during Lent with the Eucharistic pilgrimage, as with the station churches, People who made the pilgrimage themselves to all the churches, but the parishes that hosted, there's tremendous love. There's a culture of adoration, and it's expressed in various different ways. But there's a culture of adoration, and it's growing. There's a culture of adoration among the young people who are involved in the church. Again, the number of young people who are involved, it's appallingly low. But for those who are involved, there's Mm. something very deep and something very authentic. And part of my own goal, but I think the goal of the Eucharistic Revival is to stir up that which is already within us, that we can see the faith of one another and encourage one another in this faith in what we really do believe, that Jesus Christ gives himself to us wholly and completely, body and soul, humanity and divinity, completely. God has given us this gift. Jesus comes to give us himself
2: in Holy Eucharist. Going back to the Lenten pilgrimage for just a moment, one of the things that Bishop has heard a lot, and I've heard a lot, is of the desire next year to do it again. People are holding on to that hope and grace of, this was so meaningful, we have to do it again. That's grassroots. It's not coming from us. And that's extraordinary that In a generation that we have now, where things come and go so quickly, people are remembering and celebrating this and asking, please, let's do it again. That's very powerful for me.
1: It is. So do we make a grand announcement right here? We can use the podcast to launch (laughs) officially. We will have the Eucharistic Pilgrimage next Lent will begin on Ash Wednesday and take it through Lent, just like we did this year. Just
2: like, and this, there will only be 1,000 passports. So if you want a passport, get them early.
0: 999. (laughs) That's right. Father Chris wants
2: one.
1: But certainly, again, the love is there. And I detect it when I go to the parishes. I sense it among uh, people. There is a deep love, a deep desire for the eucharist so one of the things it's we have a lot of things that we have to deal with ourselves so there's sometimes the gift of the eucharist is so attainable so readily available we've all visited other places in the world mission territories where maybe the eucharist is celebrated once in a month because priests can only get around because of the difficulty of travel, uh, because of the vast territories that need to be covered. But we have the Eucharist available to us daily and in multiple places. It just becomes habit. It just becomes part of the day. And every once in a while we have to stop and think about just how profound this gift is. So I think the first place of conversion is within ourselves. You know, I remember when uh, Pope Saint John Paul II did his letter on for the Year of the Eucharist. He called on us as priests to examine our own conscience and to say, "How do we approach the Eucharist? Are we really thinking about the profound mystery?" Saint Charles Borromeo, oh, I love it. This comes up yeah. in the office every year. He says, so, you, know, "You priest, if you feel yourself getting distracted at mass." What are you doing before Mass? How are you preparing yourself? That's a call I need to remember as a a priest and as a bishop, and I think it's something all of us need to do who know and love the Eucharist. So there's the interior hurdle. There's the interior hurdle that we have to overcome, that the Eucharist is so available to us that we can take it for granted.
0: Yeah, I remember as a newly ordained priest, um, that idea of recognizing what I'm about to celebrate and you know when I say I say mass every week for the missionaries of charity and they have a little sign in their sacristy in every sacristy that says dear father please celebrate this mass as if it were your first mass your last Mass, your only Mass, you know. You're absolutely right, Bishop. I mean, we can get so distracted by answering quick questions in the sacristy before Mass or sending a quick email or a text and then the bell rings and it's time to say Mass. And you say, well, what am I doing? The other great quote is, you know, if we truly understood what we were celebrating, we would die in shock. You know, if we truly understood the mystery of what we were celebrating, it's just such a beautiful gift. And you're right, sometimes we ourselves can take it for granted. Exactly.
2: Well, you know, I owe a great deal to the Sisters of Notre Dame de Namur. More than anything else, they taught us, my generation, how to genuflect. And that is such a deliberate gesture. And they taught us that when we are genuflecting, it is an act of adoration. Our back should be straight. Our head should be reverent. Our knees go down. It was a real lesson. But every time I genuflect, it focuses my attention on an act of adoration. And I think when we look at our body language, it says so much about our interior state that you were talking about, Bishop. So for me, a genuflection is such a deliberate action that I must take seriously.
1: The other thing is, a second hurdle, is the state of the world. So... The fact of the matter is we're all very, very busy people. I look at a lot of my contemporaries when they were raising children, like my brothers and sisters and my friends of my age, when they were raising children, they lived their life in the car. There's so many things that pull us apart. Now, fortunately, my family, my brothers and sisters, were all very committed to Sunday Eucharist, to Sunday Mass. But you can see where people just feel so many pressures pulling them away, and even though, It's not a rejection of the Eucharist, but it's more, yeah, I really want to get there more often, but life is so busy. And so again, reflecting on the depth of this mystery, on what we really celebrate, I remember somebody had an expression, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm. And when the Eucharist becomes the priority, then we have to set everything else around that. And so, so I think that's the second hurdle. The third hurdle is, really, there's an anti-Catholic prejudice that's still very prevalent in our nation. We're experiencing now the formerly Brooklyn Dodgers, now the Los Angeles Dodgers, and this invitation to this very clearly blasphemous anti-Catholic group, the attacks on what is most sacred, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, is is appalling. And, and then, After disinviting the group, not only do they invite them back, but with all these apologies and praise for what this group accomplishes, that is in itself just clearly anti-Catholic bigotry. There's no other way to put it. And that exists in the world. And so... One of the things we need to be able to do, again, Eucharistic processions, celebration, Eucharistic revival, is to say, you're made to feel as if you're the only person who believes this, that you're different, that you're weird. And these kinds of events can help us to support each other, encourage each other along the way. And we see the faith in other people. I'm looking forward to the Summit to World Youth Day, where you know a million or two million Young people from around the world will gather with the Holy Father. One of the great things about World Youth Day, well, one of the great things is the Holy Father himself and his invitation to draw close to Jesus. But really, I always am uplifted by the way that the young people are inspired by each other. And they see others. First of all, you have the national experience, so you see people in your own language group with the love of Jesus and this exuberant love of Jesus.
2: You know, Bishop, you really are touching on a very important theme, which is the solidarity and grace when we bring groups together, procession, World Youth Day, Indianapolis, and also the power of symbol. One of the more distressing things about the situation in Los Angeles is the way they can take such a profound symbol, religious habit, religious garb, which is sacred to us and pervert it in such a way that they destroy or attempt to destroy this sacred symbol. So our unity symbolically when we're together reinforces our no. We're taking back our symbol set. You may not tamper with what we hold sacred. Right. And it's crucial for us.
1: So what we want to do with these processions is reclaim the symbols and to show our love Show our unity, and that's something else. That's another thing we have to work on: is our unity within, our respect for one another, and, and our unity as the body of Jesus Christ. So the Eucharist is the body of Jesus Christ. We experience it in the bread and wine that's been changed into His body and blood. But we receive this Eucharist. We receive this gift of His body and blood, so that, as Saint Paul says, we might be the body of Christ, that to foster our communion, our unity with each other, our communion. And so we focus in on this coming feast. We're going, let's get back to Corpus Christi then. This feast helps us to focus in on all those elements, the truth of the real presence of Jesus Christ in the bread and wine that has been consecrated, set aside, transformed into his body and blood. Our unity, our communion with each other as the body of Christ, and then living in that communion as the body of Christ
0: in the world so that others may come to see and know Jesus Christ. Now, Bishop, I know each and every Sunday you post on your Facebook page a small reflection of the Sunday readings, and so you know, upcoming this Feast of the Holy Trinity, it's hard to describe the Trinity in a minute and a half, uh, you know, to delve into what the depths of it. It's also very hard to to describe the Eucharist, you know, and I think one of the things, Father Giubino, with your presence here today, as your role as vicar for evangelization and catechesis, is the catechesis of what the Eucharist truly is, and and asking, trying to, to teach our faithful the depths of the, the Eucharist, the depths of why we believe that it is truly Jesus Christ present, how that happens, the beauty of the Mass, all that, that needs to be described. And I think, do you see in parishes now, perhaps as part of this revival, as Bishops mentioning, more catechesis being done, perhaps in better preaching or, or even classes offered or, or workshops in, in regards to why we believe that it is truly Jesus?
2: Oh, absolutely. I know this year for our children in the children's catechesis, we asked all of the parishes to focus in on the Eucharist. And also in joint efforts with the schools department here in our diocese, the secretariat and the schools office under the leadership of Deacon McCormick put together four experiences that were videotaped through the great work of DeSales Media that were offered to all of our religious ed programs and to all of our academies in the hopes that greater catechesis collaboration can take place. Because more than anything else, we need to look to our families. The family celebration of the Sunday Eucharist then comes home to the celebration of family meal. We can't expect children to understand what we do in the Eucharist as our great family celebration, the family of the church, if they don't know what family celebration means. So through the Eucharist and good Eucharistic catechesis, we want to bolster our families so that when children are taught about good nutrition, they also understand that we don't become what we consume in the Eucharist we become Jesus. And that's extraordinary for them. And that's putting it in the simplest terms for a child. But when adult hears, when I consume the Eucharist, I am becoming more like the Lord, that should be a powerful statement for a family. So
1: as we approach this feast, it's part of a, this whole year of celebrations of Eucharistic awareness at the local level. It's an important feast. You know, we celebrated the gift of the Eucharist on Holy Thursday, but I look at this Feast of Corpus Christi and realize this isn't the first time that the Church has dealt with Eucharistic revival. It happens through the ages that, again, we, I guess, lose our way or become too acquainted or the state of the world. The whole Feast of Corpus Christi was a response to a lack of faith in the Eucharist and the Pope as St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. Really to compose all of these prayers that we have in the office and in the mass that day that then become part of our Eucharistic adoration prayers. So through the ages, every once in a while, we need that little shot in the arm. And so we're hoping that this year and the year to come will provide that for us in the church. But that this particular feast will be a, a great moment of appreciation of the great mystery of the Eucharist. And thank you. Father Gibbino, for all the work that you've been doing with the committee for this awakening, we invite you to take part in your own parish procession or celebration, certainly any of the Sunday Masses you're celebrating Corpus Christi, but the deanery processions, the deanery celebrations, and some of the larger parish celebrations will be listed on our diocesan website. If you want to plug into a larger celebration somewhere know that you are most welcome
0: and we'll have all of that information available on the website part of the reason why we're you know recording this and sending it out a week before corpus christi is to allow those listeners that opportunity this week to prepare themselves and say okay i have as you said father gibbino the processions begin sometimes on june 8th the traditional day and up until that sunday so I really do hope, my prayer is that we'll have great crowds at at all the different events throughout the diocese.
2: And please mark your calendars for October seventh, 2023, for a major diocesan Eucharistic revival that will take place at Maimonides Field, Cyclone Park, in which we hope to get 4,000 to 6,000 of our faithful for a day of prayer, praise, and adoration. So please mark those calendars, October 7th, Cyclone Stadium, 9 a.m., doors open at 8, for a really wonderful adoration, proclamation day of evangelization around the Eucharistic revival.
1: And pray for good weather.
0: Amen. So, Bishop, I guess um, in preparation for this great, two great feasts, these, past, these next two Sundays, the Holy Trinity, Corpus Christi, um, perhaps you could end us in prayer. Sure, we'll ask the Lord's blessing using that, the blessing
1: from the book of Numbers. The Lord be with you. And with, with your spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with kindness and grant you his peace.
0: And may Almighty God bless you, the
1: Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Father Tribino, for your presence with us. We're always happy to have you as a part of the Big City Catholic podcast team. And uh, we wish you well in all the upcoming endeavors. We hope that you'll join us or your local parishes for these upcoming Corpus Christi events. God bless.